1: Hi, I'm Lee Salisbury, and over the years, I have directed some of the country's biggest continuing dramas and worked with some of TV's best actors and actresses and become friends with them. I want you to get to know them a bit like I do, and so, welcome to Soap from the Box. So, my guest today on the podcast is the fabulous Nina Wadia, who couldn't be, I don't think, any more different than your character in EastEnders, Zainab Masood, described once as Walford's answer to Alan Sugar. <laughs> Hello, Nina. Hiya. <laughs> So, I mean, at firstly, actually, as a gay man, I probably wouldn't be sat here with Zainab, would I, this close? <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, you play... What we're going to do today is basically kind of spend half the time speaking about Zainab mm-hmm. and your time in EastEnders and then half the time speaking about you. OK. Which will be more interesting is up for debate.
0: Are you sure?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, let's talk about Zainab. So, she was... You were cast in 2007 and at the time they said she was going to be a strong strong-willed woman in her early 40s who owns a string of post offices I mean what did you think when you took on the role what attracted you to Zainab?
0: Well I remember being approached by the exec and the casting director and being told we're looking for someone to create um, an Asian character that will last (laughs) and um, the idea is we want someone like Pauline Fowler but funny now, I'd not seen EastEnders, okay. so I was I, I'd heard obviously of Pauline Fowler. It's kind of EastEnders is all permeable, isn't it? It's kind of everywhere, even if you don't watch it. So I was sent um, some sort of tapes of, of Wendy Richardson and Pauline Fowler, uh, the character, and And I thought, oh my gosh, grumpy old bitch, how do I make her funny? My husband said, be yourself. But that's a different story. But what, you know, I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it and thought, what makes grumpy people funny? And it's the fact that they're blunt. Grumpy people are very honest. So I thought, well, if I create a character that's, um, you know, hugely miserable, but if someone asks her, you know, oh, does my bum look big in this? She'd go, yes. And then the audience (laughs) would laugh because it's rude. And she'd go, what, you asked me, I told you. (laughs) So that's how uh, Zainab was born in my head.
1: (laughs) And it wasn't your first time in EastEnders? Because I read that you you had a minor role playing a nurse. Do you remember the name?
0: Hindu something, is it? Viv. No, 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 it was two. This is a real story behind this that people don't know about. The first time I played her, she was called Viv something. um, And it was when, oh, Susan Tully. Yeah, Michelle Fowler. Michelle Fowler got shot. So it was one scene and I was really nervous and I did it as this character. Then I came back six months later or something else. There was another scene and I think it had to do with Ross. Ross Kent was it, I know that. And um, and all of a sudden my name badge said Indus. Oh, so I thought, right. hang on a minute. Not only have I changed characters, I've changed race and colour. <laughs> <laughs> not that anyone would notice, to be honest, unless they look at the name badge, because I played her the same. But I remember thinking this is so weird. <laughs> you know.
1: And did you did you get a sense then? I mean, had they watched you and remembered you years later, or was it just a chance thing?
0: No, I think they I if I'm not mistaken, I think the casting director or, or somewhere within the company had seen me in the vagina monologues ah. and had gone, oh, we like the character she's created. So um, I think it came down that route. I could be completely wrong. I don't know. But that's where I think it came from.
1: So, yeah. So then years later, you obviously got the part of Zainab. Now, yep. there's so much to say. So to, just to kind of before we get properly into the meat of stuff, I'm going to test you a little bit to see okay. if you can remember... Things about Zainab.
0: You do know that as an actress, I have the worst memory <laughs> yeah. in the world. <laughs> and that's kind of it's... why this might be
1: quite funny. <laughs> okay. if you know so, so, you came into the show not to make friends. Yeah. Can you remember who the first person you had a big feud with, with was on I, screen?
0: Yes, that would have been um, Bianca, um, Patsy
1: Yes, Patsy Palmer. Palmer.
0: Yes, Patsy Correct. Pals, that's
1: yes. And your big first storyline was with Di Parrish, wasn't it, who played Denise? Because were you running the shop with her? Did you was the post office within the shop?
0: No. No, oh, okay. no, no, no. So that's the, me uh, that's the, that was <laughs> me. Yeah. From what I remember. No, we became friends. I know that. You know, they decided that these two characters, you know, would be friends, which I think they would. That's why we started working together. But I don't think it was to do with an, an actual kind of storyline of her owning anything or being part of a business. See, this or anything is like where that.
1: we said that you, you're probably knowing much better than me now. Thanks, Wikipedia. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no,
0: I probably I told you my memory. But
1: I mean, hurts. there's Di, there's you know, you mentioned Patsy, there's you, there's obviously. I think one of the main things about EastEnders actually is it's very amazingly known for its female characters. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's been such strong females in that show.
0: Yeah, it's a <laughs> (laughs) matriarchal show you know but then that that's that's British culture for you I think British culture is very matriarchal very similar to Indian culture that way as well you know you may see the man fronting something but it's the woman pulling all the strings for sure and do you
1: think shows like EastEnders I mean there's a lot of its matriarchs left you know Pam St Clement Barbara obviously Patsy's gone yeah um I mean Will Soap because I think with the big, thing, the big question about soap is a lot of people used to stay in it for years as actors and now people are quick to come and go. Yes. Do you think it can remain the same without these matriarchs? Do you know what I mean? Without the the, the bread and butter of it?
0: Do you know, it's, it's so interesting because I, I left 10 years ago now. So it's been a decade since I left. But if you spend a day with me on the streets, you will just go... You, the amount of people will come up and go, hey, when are you getting back in, we really miss you and you go it's been 10 years how how has this happened I don't understand and I remember um, Pat, uh, Pam St. Clement saying to me when you uh, do a show like EastEnders and if they like your character they will just not be able to let that go it, it, that will stay with you for life so she said so make the character good because yes. it will stay with yeah, you I, yeah. and true honestly her words are coming true I think
1: it's like I think people who watch soap I mean it's like they're in your house every day so yeah. they become friends yeah, in a way they do
0: but they also hate you, my gosh, i I played when I did the whole homophobic kind of part of the character which I didn't know was coming my way i you know I realized very quickly that when people see you all the time, they genuinely associate your behavior with you as a human being, and it's horrible because you sometimes get a bit of abuse where you go that's not me, that's my character. Yes, yeah. You know, and then you'll actually have people going, well, there must be something in you to to play it (laughs) that way. You just go, really? No.
1: And that's why I feel sorry if I know the the guy who plays Jeff and Cory at the moment who's doing the big domestic abuse story. Yes. I mean, you think it's a brave role to take on that as an actor, isn't it? It is not it It
0: was aced it in our show, you know, and and he got a massive backlash Um, You get very disliked if you play a bad guy.
1: Yes. So back on with the quiz. Yeah. What did Zaynab buy for the garden to prove she was not poor?
0: Oh, was this this weird big mosaic fountain? Yes. 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 I remember that only because it was the most painful scenes
1: (laughs) to film. I I can't remember the misuse
0: having a garden.
1: A, apart from a front well,
0: garden. It's about you know, two foot by two <laughs> Yeah, foot, but... and
1: that's where the water feature got put, was it? So hilarious, <laughs>
0: honestly. It was, that was, the whole storyline was made because Nitin wanted to smash something up with a sledgehammer. And they said, oh, what can we do? Can't make a mess in the house. Let's buy a water feature <laughs> and put it in their front garden.
1: <laughs> and talking of Nitin, obviously played your husband, Masood. Yes. The question is, before we get to this, how did Masood divorce her?
0: Oh, talak, talak, talak.
1: Yes, which I didn't know about. So this is a tradition, isn't it? In yes, the yeah, culture. it's in
0: Muslim culture. Apparently they, you know, you, you say the three words. And you're divorce, divorced. And you're divorced, you're done. And, you know, and you must never do it as a joke because it's actually quite serious and it's kind of done. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. But what a strange way to get divorced. <laughs> I know, That's
1: why it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so did you come in at the same time as Nitin, or was Nitin there no
0: i came in uh in originally and people don't know this originally as far as i know it was meant to be uh, when when the character was thought up a single mum with a daughter um so that's why it was just myself and zara who played Shabnam, who were in initially and and i was running the post office and then as we're doing that i was told oh, actually, we're going to get a big family in for you. So I was like, oh. And they said, oh, you know, we'll be um, auditioning some people for your husband. And then, of course, I got a text from Nitin. I don't know how he finds out anything in the world, but I got a text from Nitin, like literally minutes after I'd spoken to the casting director saying, hey, how are you? And I'm thinking, here we go. (laughs) So I said, no, all good, all good. And I thought, well, Nitin and myself have played husband and wife in so many other shows we've worked together so much, in fact, more than my own husband i I know the man inside out, so I just thought it would be a very comfortable, easy fit if he's on the show and um the cast director loved him, so it just worked really well
1: amazing and did you so did you screen test together or I suppose you've worked together before so. yeah no we we
0: we were called into the exec's office and we had to sit and talk to them and they sort of just kept staring at us like <laughs> seeing if we fit like an arranged marriage. It was like really awkward arranged marriage at the BBC. Um and um we laughed a lot together because that was the one thing I wanted to work with someone that I knew I would laugh a lot yes. with.
1: Because they're long hours aren't they on shows like that. Very I mean, really long, long hours. hours. Yeah. You uh, can do I mean you can be filming from what, eight till Eight, yeah, really. yeah, easily.
0: And, you know, the occasional sort of longer hours and that and the occasional Saturday. Yes. So I wanted to be with someone that I had a rapport with that I could just, you know, we had a language. Because we were meant to have been married for many years. So I didn't want to have to start with a new actor and it would not feel comfortable yeah. or feel right. Whereas Nithin, you know, annoys me like a real husband. So was <laughs> it like, was easy. It was easy. Come on, Nithin.
1: <laughs> what was the name of that? I mean, there were two, so the catering company first that yes. you started with money from Ian, Bill, and Christian.
0: Oh, mm. oh gosh. Uh, Something with the word masood in it? I don't know. No,
1: masala queen.
0: Masala, masala queen, queen. And
1: is. now, I, if I remember, that was where you had the market store, wasn't it? That
0: is, but that was also Johnny Partridge's nickname on set. <laughs>
1: yes, Johnny. And I remember, do you remember the food? I just always remember the prop food because it used to be the cheapest microwave meal. Yes. Heated <laughs> up the curries. They were disgusting. <laughs> Because I used to always get excited as directs. Because if you have a big food scene, you're yeah. so excited, you know. But no, that it's cheap, really cheap. All the food.
0: My favourite thing to do. And I, like, I'm a very proppy actor because I just think it looks more natural. Because I, I'm proppy anyway. Like I'm always, you know, doing something with my hands, and. um any time we had scenes, I would insist that at some point I'd have to feed or <laughs> listen in or give him a taste of something and I would put so much extra chilli powder in that bite. Uh, every time. And, he'd just, and every time he'd fall for it because he would eat everything on set.
1: In the end, you got the argy-bargy. Yes,
0: we did. We take did. Away,
1: yeah. Which was basically... So most sets we filmed on, were there? The interiors were in a studio, but the argy-bargy was outside. That's
0: right, yes. And it
1: was always bloody freezing, oh, I remember.
0: Ice. In fact, it was... Always cold on that set. And I, I don't know if people know this, I think it was my year three or four. No, no, it was towards the end of the the uh, Zenab stint. Um we had the domestic violence storyline, and but there was an angry moment between Nitin and myself, so like Masood throws Zenab out of the house, and it was filmed in February, and it was free, it was one of the coldest Februarys we ever had, and I was literally just in a like a very light kurta top and yeah. in the jeans or something. And I said to them, I went. We're filming this at night. It was a night shoot. I said it's freezing, and you you're going to put the rain machine on. Oh
1: I said god. I'm
0: going to catch a cold. I was like I'm going to die. This is horrible. And they're like, no, it's okay. We'll take care of you. And then we'll bring these hot coats and we'll give you hot water bottles and all this. I ended up with pneumonia for like two weeks after. <laughs> oh my that. god! It was so cold, and I just thought never again. <laughs> no,
1: and that set was just. I think that was my worst set to film in actually. Yeah. It was just so hard to film in that set, wasn't it? Because, you know, in television, basically sets are normally made very filmable. That kind of, they actually made like the yes. smallest Indian restaurant yeah. in the world.
0: Yes, yeah, very much so. <laughs> very much so. Everything, everything was small. And I hated those scenes where you had something on a doorstep because, you know, you do the outside part of the scene uh, sort of on one day and then maybe three weeks later, you do the indoor part. Yes. Of the scene. That's why we, I, when I made the fatal mistake of deciding that Zena would have... Curly, unruly hair and wear no makeup that went on for six years. It was horrible. Um, I, I remember we had these scenes where you'd just go, Oh gosh, I can't touch my hair, I can't do anything because in three weeks I have to look exactly the same on the other side of the door. And there was one very funny moment to have to tell you about, which was with Sid Owen. Sid Owen had done a scene, then we'd had a he'd had a two-week holiday and came back, and he was much more oh, remember that. on the inside of the house <laughs> than he was on the outside three weeks later. It's genius. It's and I can see
1: why they do that, because obviously you do the outside first to see what the weather's going to be like yes. before you do the inside. Oh, is that That's what? why you do oh, it? because
0: it was in different looking No,
1: it's because if it is, you know, pissing yeah. it down, then you can oh, be wetted up for the inside stuff. I see? Yeah. Oh. So oh. the, the Masoods were the first Asian family to go into EastEnders since the Ferreras in 2003, yes. which was a bit of a disaster yeah. for EastEnders. Yeah. And... EastEnders had been, at the time, heavily criticised by the Commission for Racial Equality for not representing yeah. the ethnic uh, culture. Do you think the masseuse played an important part in changing that?
0: Yeah, I think a massively important part. A, because, you know, they, they did their work. They did their research this time round. Um, but they also, you know, they were brave Because, you know, playing a Muslim character at the time that we did on screen, when there was all the stuff happening in central London with the, you know, terrorists and the threats of bombs and this and that, it was actually a very scary prospect, you know. And I remember kind of being told, well, we're going to be very true to these characters. We just just have to just, you know, make sure that we're culturally correct, this and that. And I said, well, I'll tell you what will help, because this was my experience being an ethnic actor in this country. I noticed that if I go up for a job, nine times out of ten as an ethnic actor, they will say they're Muslim, or they're Hindu, or they're Parsi, or they're whatever, you know, whatever the religious context is, and then they'll tell me about my character. Whereas if they get a white actor, like my friend Janet Dibley, she played Steve McFadden's um, oh, sort yes. of alcoholic oh, girlfriend. She was in
1: one of my favourite sitcoms ever with Nicholas oh, Lyndhurst. Oh
0: my God, the two of us, yes! I remember that, oh, she was God. brilliant. Yeah. Well, you know, she said to me, she had, that's so interesting that they called you up and said they want to create a Muslim family. When I got called up, they said, can you play an alcoholic?
1: Right, And I said,
0: well, see, that's the difference. When you use ethnic actors, a lot of times they don't... It's not about the character. It's more about your cultural background. So I said, how about this time? Yes, great that she's Muslim, but let's not make that the thing. I said, let's make... Tell me what she's like, because that's what gets people interested. I don't think people watch it to have a cultural lesson about how to be a Muslim. (laughs) Yes, They watch it because they want the drama. They want someone who... And I said, "And, and make... If you want to make her grumpy and unpleasant... Fantastic. Because there is a fear sometimes also with ethnic characters of, you no, know, they must be very nice people or this or that. And it's like, no, just make it about the character, not about her culture. Yes. And I think that really helped for once. That really helped to just, to just free us up to do what it is that we wanted. And then the cultural stuff just gave it that extra kind of flavour.
1: And I think if you don't, like you said, if you don't shove it in people's faces, it does open the conversation. Because then people go away and think, why did they do that? I'm going to look why they did that. Yeah, exactly. Rather than putting it on (laughs) a plate for them.
0: Well, I mean, there was that whole talk of, you know, when I first joined about, would she wear a hijab? Would she cover her head?
1: Yeah. Because your backstory, sorry, to coming to it, was it is really interesting, isn't it, Zainab? Because you got, you were um married to Yusuf yes. and then had an affair with Masood and yes. got set on fire yeah, by yeah, Yusuf, yeah. which is something that happened. Absolutely. And Masud rescued you. Yes. Yeah. So I mean it's a huge backstory to come in on. It's that. a
0: fantastic backstory to come in on and, and so you know, but th- I think that's some that's why that's why I kept the accent because they they were saying, well, I said, well when did she move here? And they said was, she would have been in her early twenties. So I said, well then she wouldn't have a British accent she would have a Pakistani accent she would need that whereas Masood wouldn't because he came from the UK so there was that that whole thing we had to really think about where does she fit in so I said well if she's had such a bad time back home in Pakistan with wearing the hijab and this and being very culturally strong it would be great if she actually goes I'm not going to do that in England I'm actually still going to follow my religion and I'm still going to be strict on myself with the you know the religious aspects of things but as a woman, I'm not going to tie myself down with the hijab and this and that. I'll only do it if we have a scene in a mosque, which we did and in which where I wore it and I was so hot and I passed out. For
1: real. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh,
0: it was horrible.
1: <laughs> and what do you think of soap? And I suppose we're talking about EastEnders now, because yeah. I think there's a lot. La- but I think it's very a very hard balance, isn't it? Because it's the o- audience that watches. But I mean, say for in London now, I yeah. think there's a lot of Eastern European people. Yes. And it, it, there's not one Eastern European in soap. I mean, well, how how what's your viewpoint on where these programs should be? You know, because it is fantasy.
0: It is. It is. Isn't it? But should it it be reality? It it is and it isn't, because here's the fascinating thing. So when Michael Jackson died, they called us in quickly and they said, look, we're just going to add in a scene about him dying um, and then they'll be on on tonight's show. And they're so clever to do that. So they do bring in these elements of reality so people really feel it's happening at the time it's happening. So I think they do need to be a bit more relax and open-minded and just you know be brave because they are brave with certain storylines yes, yeah. you know especially storylines that affect women i find in very particular ways they're very clever with that and they do bring those elements in but i think they need to be a bit more realistic in that you know if you are going to bring in an eastern european person then actually bring an eastern european actor in you know let them actually just enjoy and bring their flavor into the show but one bit of advice I'll give to anyone going in is that when when I was offered this, it's important to watch, um, to watch it for at least two or three months before you go in so that when you are in the show, you don't stick out like a sore thumb. Because it's one of those shows where if you haven't really watched it and understand how it works you kind of almost have a different, not style of acting, but you'll have something that doesn't quite oh, gel in the piece. Oh, I think that's totally
1: themes. true. Yeah. I mean, I saw, you know, I would do auditions with people who've worked in the National Theatre and stuff. They're amazing actors, yeah. but just couldn't fit in the show. Yeah, And I think yeah. you're right because of that.
0: It is. It's a very particular thing. It's, it's quite, it's a, it's a very raw show. And I think you have to forget, I, you almost have to forget a lot of your training, to be <laughs> honest. You just have to be real in it. You just have to say, this is what this person would do. Yes. And you just throw yourself and into it. And a lot it. of
1: the time on soaps, isn't it? Very much a case If I would say, on average, on EastEnders, you got 40 minutes a scene. Yeah. And that included a read-through, a block-through. Yeah. And then getting it right, and then recording it. Yeah. And what you want is everyone on top of their game sometimes, it, and especially if someone's forgotten their lines all the time, then it's a nightmare to get a good, really good take, isn't oh, it? that
0: wasn't a choice. I mean, like, literally, we were told from day one... You at the most get two or three takes, if that. Yes. Because oh, nine yeah. times out of 10, they just want to get it done. It's a machine. You've got to move. Yeah. And I I think my first, I had a blackout. We have these blackouts when you've been in there long enough. Um, I know Adam Woody had told me about this. He said, that, you know, you get this thing when you're really in it, where you'll just suddenly one day have a kind of blank moment. And it happened to me kind of four years in. Where I remember walking on set and I was really exhausted. I was just, it was our storyline. I was te- just, it, just tired, and I remember sort of looking at. I think it was either I had my scene with Mark or with Johnny, and I remember just staring at them and then just bursting into tears because oh. I couldn't remember anything. My mind just went, "Okay, I've had enough. I'm going to bed," and I I just started sobbing uncontrollably because as an actor, that has never happened to me before. Wow! And I remember going into my little cubby <laughs> hole and then I, uh, you know, so I did. You have
1: like, to go upset. Yeah, I
0: yeah. had to go. I was sobbing because it was terrifying because literally i saw just white in yeah. my brain wow. i didn't i no words came to my mind even though i held the script and i was going but i know this i learned this yesterday i know and i'd also got to that point where uh i was not learning lines anymore i could look at the script on um, the day of it arriving and going yeah it's fine and it could be three or four pages wow so your brain does something very weird as well yes. when you're in that kind of learning mode Wait. You don't learn your lines anymore. You just remember them.
1: Process them. Yeah.
0: yeah. You do. You process them and then you've got to get them out. Um, you As soon as you've learned them, you've got to forget them to let the new information in.
1: Yeah. And then what's it like as an actor? Because one of the big things we did, we did Christmas. Yeah. Uh, which was the, you know, the kind of massive part of the use of Zainab yeah. thing when he was trying to take her... Back to Pakistan, and she tried to get Camille away. Yes. But we filmed in that awful cafe, Boring Wood, oh as we call it, gosh. Boring Wood, Boring Wood, oh. High Street for hours and hours and hours. Oh,
0: which was n- so I was horrible. used to actually
1: sitting there hungover, having like sausage, bacon, and yeah. chips. So it was really weird filming there. But I mean, what's it? like? I mean, that was a huge, important story, obviously. Yeah. Um, but how can you separate? I mean, because it, like we said, it's long days on EastEnders. Yeah. You come home and learn the lines. Can you switch off when you're doing a massive story like that? No,
0: and it's one of the biggest complaints that my family had, especially my husband. And this is no joke. He, it got to a point sort of, you know, when 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 you first start the show, it's all exciting. It's really fun. And in fact, I was playing a character that they brought in to bring humor into the show. Um, so in the, my first couple of years, it was great fun. You know, Zena was just a funny character and my spirits were very high. When the domestic violence storyline started, I just genuinely was very depressed. I just the relentlessness of the negative storylines and the fear even just playing fear you know you're you're doing something to your body and your mind that's quite upsetting and quite emotionally kind of draining and and negative and horrible and you do bring that home yeah. and i would come home i would be depressed i didn't want to eat dinner with my family i was too tired I just wanted to go to bed. Everything my husband did irritated me. I my kids they did not dare come near me. Honestly, I was. It's really worried. hard,
1: that isn't it?
0: And you don't, you know, you just think, oh yeah, 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 I'm sure that happens, but actually, it, it does happen. Yeah. Um, especially when you're in the thick of it, it really does happen. And and although it's exciting because you're you know you've got such meaty stuff to play, at the same time you're thinking, I can't do this. If I was playing a, a very morose, dry, dark character. You know, you absorb some of that and you bring it home. And it's not fair to the people that you live with. It just isn't.
1: And do you think that's different in Soap because it's so continuous? You know, if that was a film yeah. or a one-off drama. Yeah.
0: Well, just... I mean, this, you know, this storyline, what was... I thought it was going to be like a six-month thing that Yusuf comes back and then you find out that her backstory. And then it went on for like two and a half years. Yeah, that's and hard, hard. Yeah, really that hard was work. very hard for me. And then... After that, they were talking about, you know, oh, we'll bring the old Zainab back now. And I thought, how can after <laughs> how can you, yeah. a big domestic violence story, how do you expect it to be funny again within about three months time? You can't do that. No. And it was a suggestion that I made that, you know, I need to go away for a bit because if I go away, I can freshen up. Yes. And then, then you can bring her back yes. and she can be herself again. But. She's just sent a man to his death, you know, in, in a burning house. And then you expect her next week to go, oh, <laughs> yes. that funny, that fire down the street. And I think yeah. I've talked
1: about this with lots of the people I'm talking with, because actually in Soap, actually, I suppose there is that element of that has to happen to stay as a character there, yeah. because you think of, you know... Die Parish, she plays, um, Di that you think of, uh, yeah. Gail, Gail Platt and Coronation Street, who's yeah. murdered about three people. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still kind of a normal housewife. But I suppose to have that longevity. Yes. Then you have to do that. Don't you, you have, have to. Away. And
0: it, it's fine. I think, and you
1: do just go away for a month to Scotland or whatever. You And you, you come back a new person. Absolutely. Domestic abuse never happened. <laughs> never
0: happened at all. <laughs> but what was really interesting as well was some fan mail that I used to get changed after so the first three years i had lots of great family of just you know oh she's so funny we love her and i love how abusive she can be and this and that all kinds of really funny stuff (laughs) and then it suddenly turned to like when the domestic violence stuff happened i had mail from and there's one letter in particular really got me a 17 year old pakistani girl who wrote to me to say you gave me the strength to to run away I've run away from home because I was not going to be in this abusive marriage anymore. She'd been married at 15 in Pakistan. (sighs) And she said, I watched your storyline and you gave me the strength to this. And you think, this is why you've got to be careful with soap. Although it's fictional, it deals with a lot of very real stuff. Hence the kind of, you know, um, call this helpline if you need any help about a particular subject. So I think they they need to do tell the stories in a really clever way, which they, I think they do, yes. do, I think EastEnders can get that really right. I like, think
1: when they get it right is when, and I've done, you know, we did a death on Emida. Yeah. You know, when I think the writers look at every single viewpoint that someone could have involved in that story and try yes. to include it in the, in the show, through, yeah. so everyone can see it through someone, different, someone else's eyes. Yes. Because I think that's the thing. Other dramas, because it's in everyone's house every day, people do believe it's kind of almost real. And that's why I think we've got that power in Soap to yeah. change people's lives. You and can. I do think you can.
0: Yeah, very much so. And I think But that's it's...
1: so much pressure as an actor for you. I mean, as a director, it's pressure, but I don't yeah. get that you're the front of it, aren't you? That's well, the thing with a show like that.
0: That's the thing that I think, you know, th- there was, again, one of the reasons I had to leave is because it, Soap, when you are a recognised character, Soap doesn't stop when you leave the set. Soap goes on it's going on 10 years still after I've, I've left it never leaves you you've you affected people because of whatever storyline whatever they were going through in their life at the time you affect people in a very particular way and so I think there's a great responsibility that goes with that which a lot of actors are, I mean I'm glad I went into the soap you know in my 40s because I don't think I would have done Actually, no, I was in my late thirties at the time. I I don't think that I would have been prepared for it as a younger actor. Uh, hats off to the younger actors who yeah. come out and oh. still are okay. Because yeah. no, it's it's a it's a it's a very dangerous point to take someone into a show like this. You you are literally the, a person's neighbour or a friend, or they they start to to be. Well, your friend like, in their I think head.
1: the minute you go on screen in a soap, your life totally changes. Oh, entirely. It?
0: Entirely.
1: And I think the thing about television and film and everything is that people see it outside as very glamorous and actually it's totally the opposite.
0: It's exactly the, the opposite. The pressure
1: and the, I mean, it's still, you know, it's yeah. a great job, but the pressure I think is immense in soap it's almost like a Hollywood. I mean, I think it's that yeah. big for people, yeah. isn't it?
0: It is. And it's, it. you know, if you just think about, so the only time it's glamorous is if you go to an awards ceremony with, you know, your gang. Yeah. And then you really feel a part of it. You really feel like I'm part of something very special and iconic and amazing. But the rest of it is a machine. You know, it is, it's, if you think nine to five job, forget it. This is eight to eight job. Yeah. And it is hard. You know, it's not glamorous. There's many hours. Sometimes you can have a scene at seven in the morning and then have another scene at five in the evening. And then you're sitting in the meantime in your know, little quarter yeah, gavin going, yeah. what do I do with myself <laughs> apart from learn more lines? And that's then... what
1: would drive me mad. Thank God you don't have that as a director. Yeah, that's oh, when yeah. I go, oh, my God. you no, know. And also, you know, you just seen from what always gets me is how amazing actors are in soap is you're not filming everything in the right order. No. You're filming f- 10 episodes, whatever, at the same time and yep. going from... So mapping your journey so hard because entirely you can totally balls it up as yeah. well.
0: Well, the one, when I used to get my you know weekends off, I never had weekends off because my weekends were when I got my next lot of scripts. I'd be going okay, and that's my schedule. So now I've got to know. Oh, I'm doing you know this yeah, scene where I'm she go- gets.
1: Gotta, I'm gonna cry in that exactly. I'm gonna not, yeah, yeah,
0: and you just you have to map it out, and sometimes you kind of go. Oh, gosh, you've done... And you get different directors. Sometimes you can say, look, I did this really large. I did this really big. But you're doing the scene before that and the director's going no, I want you to really <laughs> yes. underplay. play and you go well I can't because like 10 seconds later I'm screaming my head off so no and and there's all these things that you have to manage that's why you have to be really good on your homework at home and I think that shows with certain actors I think totally. it shows when, when people have really put their minds to it and well, done their work well I think
1: the best episode is when everyone's done their work because as I've we seen. know there's lazy yeah. directors there's yeah. lazy you know Oh yeah. and they, if they're... everyone's put it in yeah. it can be magic oh I then think. it's
0: hugely magic yeah, yeah.
1: So let's talk about. We've talked about Zena. Let's talk about you. So you were born in Bombay. That's right. And, and yeah, until you were nine, until I was nine, there. that's right. And so was acting. I mean, you were young then. Did was it? I, I mean, did
0: um, Bharatnatyam, which is an Indian classical dance. I was obsessed with dance. Right. Um, my background in entertainment does not come from any passion or whatever love for acting. It was purely dance, and it's from a very tiny age. My mum remembers if there was ever music around. I would, be, even as she said, as a little as 18 months, something I'd be sitting somewhere, if music was on. If I couldn't, you know, physically do something, I'd be banging my head oh, in wow. rhythm to something. I remember flying back to the UK age 18 and having been just dreading going up to my mum and going, "I've decided what I want to do for a living." <laughs> the last thing she expected me to do was go, "I want to be an actress." This. Do you want to what? Become an actress? <laughs> Why? <laughs> she said, it's a terrible profession. It's one step up from prostitution, for God's sake.
1: I think everyone's parents would say that, though.
0: Yeah. yeah, especially at that time, you know, from the Bollywood background, it was like, no, no, no. You know, you don't want to be an actress. That's a bad profession. That's a naughty profession. And I was like, well, actually, Mum, it's. Not, I don't want to do Bollywood. I want to do Shakespeare. I want to do the classics. I want to do Wild. I want to just, you know. And so she was completely thrown, and she didn't talk to me for three months. She was like. You're not doing, you're going to do law. You're not doing this. And we had a massive row about it. And literally when the same house. she wouldn't talk to me. And then finally my brother, you know, said, look, I've seen her. You've, You've got to understand. He says, you know me of all people. I wouldn't say this, but I'm saying to you, this is something special. So then I auditioned for, God knows how many drama schools can I just tell you? And finally, finally one responded and said, yes, you can come for an audition. And it was this place in Richmond called Actorsize. Oh it was awful. It was just awful. And it was run by a man who ran off with all our money after the second term. Oh, no. It was awful. And then um like we, I remember turning up for my second term going, What where, where's, where,
1: where's what's happened to the gone? school?
0: And it was boarded up and all of our students are standing out there going and, and we'd laugh as well because it was the kind of school that was opposite Richmond Bowling Green. And so in the middle of a scene, you'd have someone knocking on the door going, can I use the toilet, <laughs> dear? And you'd be going, huh? What? what's happening
1: I wonder, if he's seen, I wonder if he's seen you now yeah
0: oh, I, well he got caught that guy by the way his name was Stuart Godotti and he got caught because he he tried to set up another school in Swansea and he got caught there but
1: <laughs> they, then there they would have known him from the name the worst name of an acting oh, school t- ever oh gosh that must have set you up I mean as an actor anyway you know as you know you, I mean you so say you audition for loads of drama schools but you're, if we auditions you can audition and audition and audition yep. and think you're the worst actor ever yep. I suppose after a month if you've not got some
0: absolutely and also so I I wanted to go to RADA. In fact, I, if I'm not mistaken, but you I went did. to
1: actor <laughs> I
0: Did the summer? I think I did a summer session there, um, and that was on a scholarship basis because um, we couldn't afford to send me to um, school because I had to pay overseas school fees, and my parents just didn't have the money for it. I thought it was their ploy at the time, you know, to as, stop as, you as, yeah, to stop me acting. But genuinely, there was no money. And then when when size kind of disappeared. Um, What was the uh, London Theatre School in Wandsworth? A woman called Barbara Buckmaster came up to school. She'd seen one of my performances at the school and she took two people from our drama school for free into her school and I was one of them.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Um, So
0: I did a year and a half with her and then I just said, that's it. Stage newspaper, took the stage newspaper. Turned the back of it and went, I just auditioned for everything. I also naively remember going up for review girls, not (laughs) realising it was for strippers. (laughs) Why am I in Soho in Raven's review? But what's this for? What's going on? So, yeah, um, I was thrown into the profession in a really, like, I, I genuinely was incredibly naive about the profession. I knew... I didn't know any actors. I knew nothing about the profession, nothing. I don't
1: think anyone does, really, though, who's gone into that. No, now know, they you know, do. But I suppose yeah. now, yeah, you yeah. can do a lot on your your first big... So I suppose the first big thing that everyone knows you for is Goodness Gracious Me.
0: Well, yes, but that was seven years later. Seven years my later. My first ever job was at Theatre Royal Stratford East.
1: Which is um, amazing. Our
0: best theatre ever. Yeah. For me, it's my, the best theatre ever. And I, I worked with Jeff Tier and Philip Headley, and I did uh, a panto. Um... <laughs> <laughs> My first ever job was Pantone, which I had to tap because that's why I went for right. it.
1: With bells? With bells
0: on as well. Oh, God, don't. That's what we did pre Goodness Gracious Me. So I did that. And then after that, I, I literally did theatre job after theatre job. I went from which one to the one. And that's for where you learn your craft, years. isn't it?
1: That's where you yeah. really. Theatre's just that you can't.
0: Back to back theatre. But how
1: funny Goodness Gracious Me when that came up was back to sketch that you had started writing sketch so
0: Absolutely. Was, and that that came about because at Theatre Royal Strafford East, I was sitting in the green room going, you know, I always get the girl next door, the best friend. I never get to show what I can do. I'm always a support actor. And Philip Hedley was the artistic director at the time there, said, no, that's a character actor. And he says, and you must know that about yourself. He said, you are a character actor, which, you know, when you're younger, you go, you think, no, what? I'm a lead. I'm, I'm a, a leading lead a lady. I'm a leader, but, but it's a brilliant thing he said to me because yes. actually he's right because what I was doing was character acting. And I thought, and he said, if you just embrace that, he says, you just accept that and embrace that. He goes, you go a lot further than if you keep thinking I'll get Julia well, Roberts. I think you go along job, further you know. than
1: if you're a, say a Meg Ryan or a, who, yeah. uh, who are basically yeah. the same part, yeah, really, absolutely. but leading ladies, but there's a lifeline to that.
0: Yeah, so I, I did that. And then, and then he said to me, instead of sitting here, you know, bitching in the green room about how you don't get this. He goes, you said you're right. I said, yeah. He goes, so get a bunch of people together. He says, I'm thinking of getting a group of um, young Asian actors together and um, see how you go. So they put six of us, this kind of mishmash group of people, um, and, which is where I first met Nithin, by the way. And we um, called our show, Do You Eat With Your Fingers? <laughs> Um, and, <laughs> I like that. and we literally we got together and co-wrote and co-performed and just you know. so is this the
1: group that went under goodness gracious me yes, or not? yes well, yeah.
0: no 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 just me from that uh, group just you right okay. so what happened with that group was they they chose initially they chose myself and there's an actor called Paul Sharma Oh, who
1: also came into EastEnders. Paul also came into EastEnders to to play my... brother. Exactly. Yes, I remember Paul. Now,
0: Paul didn't... We then were asked by the BBC to go and do a one-off show at the Riverside Studios. Um, It was going to be called Peter Sellers is Dead. Um, But they never end up calling it that, thank goodness. Um, They said, no, it's actually going to be called Goodness Gracious Me. Ah. And so Paul and myself in that show... Paul's a tapper. And he can tap way better than me, by the way. And he basically... I choreographed a routine where it was I had bells on, but we do tap movements, and he his top half of his body had to learn to do partnatium, and we combined this dance. Oh wow. And that was one of the things that used to bring the house down. And he was gonna come on to goodness gracious me. For some reason, he decided it wasn't for him. I still today don't know why. So then it ended up um with the real McCoy people. So we had um Colvin gear who also Kuli I'd worked with in radio. Oh, okay. So I knew Kuli from radio, and you' known Nathan from radio before that as well, because in that first seven years of acting, I trained on the radio drama company as well. Um, and my audition for that is a classic, I have to tell you about that later. <laughs> anyway, so next thing I know, um, we perform in front of um, uh, you know the BBC execs, and we were told, you've got a radio a slot to do Goodness Gracious Me, it's going to be a radio show. And luckily I've done radio, so I Flew in that, loved it. And then next thing, it was so successful, so quickly, the listeners loved it, that they said within a couple of months, right, it's going to be a TV show. And that's when I panicked because my only TV experience up to that point was one episode of two point four children? <laughs>
1: right. Okay. I saw that on your CV. Actually, I used to love that as well. What oh were you two point four children?
0: I played because that was
1: humongous at it the time, was huge. wasn't it? That it was, was like huge. the biggest show. I mean, if you look at it now, it was
0: terrible.
1: It was awful awful. Show. awful.
0: But you know, lovely actors, and we laughed. And I, my, I had one scene as a supermarket counter girl <laughs> selling olives with Kim Benson, who played the the um, plumber in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, the female plumber in it, and and we got to be we're still very good friends now. And so that was my first and only ever TV experience, and I hate, I did not Hated like it. it. Right, I like yeah. I'm a theatre girl. So next thing I know, the thing oh it's going to be TV. So I used to go early and sit in and you know learn from the cameraman, from the lighting, the sound, blah blah blah. So that when because it was multi camera excuse yeah. me and a Friday Night Live. Now the Friday nights I loved because I was used to an audience. So, so you
1: recorded it live to go out. Did we you? did, yeah, yeah. yeah so up, of course,
0: there were certain sketches on location. Yes, and yeah. But I would say seventy percent of the show was a live sketch show. Amazing,
1: and that so, must be like theatre in oh, a way, isn't it? Because you ignore fun. the cameras and you just you have just the do. audience again. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And so we've we again that happened, and then then I went. I flew out to Canada because my sister had married a Canadian, as happened. So I went out to see her. That's where I met my now husband, husband who's also yeah. Canadian. And and when I came back, because he'd asked me in Canada, he was like, So, what do you do? I said, I'm an actress. He goes, Oh, you're a famous actress. I went, God, no one knows who I am. Flew back to England. <laughs> yeah, it was... Goodness gracious me, it just aired. And I'm in central London, people going, Oh my God, and you're from goodness gracious me. And I'm thinking, Huh? What's happening? Within a year, it's like people were just. You were like, household names. Yeah, it was crazy. It, yeah. was, it was literally like that.
1: And to all of you, I mean, that was the same. And do you find, I mean, I, I've got other actor friends who then have their like, their friend, but their arch enemy who goes for every part. Were you a mirror I out <coughs> then? No. Kind of almost uh, up for everything together, or not? Not
0: at all. Because I, I had a theatre background. So I came from, and she kind of came more from a literary background. Right. So we and also she's 10 years older than me. So we were not really Never up against no, each other, no, We weren't. And and we, you know when we did when we did Goodness to Me, it was really interesting because I think initially they, they it was only going to be a mirror. And then they saw me in Do It With Your Fingers. So I got taken on at the very last second to to join the group because they said, we can't find other women who are doing comedy. So I, I was taken on and, and it was, they'd already come from Real McCoy, Cully and her.
1: Yeah, so they already had a...
0: But Sanjeev lived around the corner from me in Hounslow and he actually um, had come and seen me at um, Do It With Your Fingers at the Theatre Royal and he was performing with Nitin Sony. Uh, across the road at the Tom Allen Centre, doing a show called The Secret Asians. Oh wow! And he would approached me and written me a really funny note saying, "I likes your legs" or something <laughs> like something stupid, as if, like pretending to be a fifteen year old man. <laughs> so I went to see his show, and then he said, "Look, I'm doing a one off special. Would you join us as a kind of special?" Oh character. wow! So that's
1: oh, and I it. got
0: seen by Anil Gupta and Shard Sardana, the main guys from Goodness Gracious <laughs> Me, at the Oval House initially. Oh, wow.
1: God, it's such a. It was, I mean, and it was
0: pure luck because I was really ill that day and I almost didn't perform with Sanj. And, and But I did because I, I promised him I would and I felt really guilty that I wouldn't. Thank goodness I did because that's where I got seen. So then I said, oh, I'm doing the show called Do With you Your Fingers. And then they came to see that show as well. And that's how I got into that And group. did
1: the fame thing frighten you when you first got, when you started to get recognised? Uh, oh, it was kind of, exciting. It was exciting, Oh yeah. my
0: gosh, no, no, I can't lie about that. I was, I was I, like, oh, I, hi, my name's No hi. dark glasses, no. no disguise. Are you kidding? I was like, <laughs> desperate for people to go, yes. sorry, hello.
1: <laughs> <laughs> With a Goodness Gracious Me t-shirt on.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Kiss my chuddies written across my back. Yeah. Those first two years were so exciting and so fun. But reading your
1: CV, I mean, it's amazing you've done so much. You did the Vicar of Dibley. Yes, as well. I of who are you in the Vicar of Dibley. I played
0: a woman who worked at the council. <laughs> so and did I... you get
1: to work with Dawn French? Yes, like, I did. Yes, yeah, uh. I had
0: one scene with Dawn. When Dawn... you work
1: with these other huge comedy yeah. actors and stuff, I mean, do you do you learn through your career that you will work differently? I mean, is it quite interest? Is it is it interesting when you see another person who's made it, who's amazed? You know, to, to to watch how they work.
0: They're very different. That, that, that's the one thing I know is that comedy, although everyone's doing comedy, their styles are different. And what's really interesting is I pick up a lot of new stuff. You know, I, 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 I always find something in someone else that I think, gosh, that's so clever, yeah. you know, and I'll kind of incorporate that into my next job. So you're always learning because that's the one thing that I was, you know, I was told that you must always, always learn. Never think you know it all about yeah. acting. You just yeah. never do. Anyway, no one ever does. So you, you always learn from the next person and the next person and the next person. And it's daunting. When I walk into a, you know, like did still open all hours and you know you're going to be working with, you know, Sir David, David Jason, Jason, you yeah. kind of go, oh, I don't know if I can... I know
1: that never goes away, does it? It does. It doesn't. It doesn't. Mean, but it's, you so get used to it when you work. I oh. always find, you, know, when, you it's when you're... Once you've been there a week, I mean, on EastEnders, you yeah. know, my first block was the fire block. Yes. I remember Pam oh, and wow. June and you guys coming yeah. out. You're like, oh my, my gosh. gosh. But is it funny a week later...
0: Yeah, you exactly. friends, exactly. Exactly. and that's what's cool. What I do—that's the other thing I notice—is a lot of big names are very generous actors. Yes, you know, so they will. They, okay, for me, it's always about teamwork. You, there's no point going. I'm just going to be really good in this scene, and I don't care about anybody <laughs> yes. else because then the scene is just going to be. Rap, isn't it? Yeah. So I learned that very early on yeah, in my theater days, true, yeah. that if you want to have a, a good relationship and, and really, if you want the audience to really love what you're doing, you really need to love your fellow actors because then it comes to life. And that's what I liked about the Masuds. You know, you saw us on set. Yeah. We were inseparable and, and people make I fun of us. I remember being shocked
1: because you were all the yeah. totally opposite yeah. of the characters. Which seems funny to say, but you kind of do I mean, even I still class myself as an audience member sometimes. You do yeah. kind of come in with preconceptions. Really? Uh, yeah. And I well, thought, oh well they will they will them? never drink alcohol <laughs> And, you know that it was six. I remember mean, the first story she said, I thought, Oh, I don't think she's anything like Dana. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well then Patty St. Clement obviously was yeah, hello darling when you meet that, you so think oh pod. god yeah. so
0: pod. And, and in fact I found that on that set which was this was an interesting thing about a set because not everybody is friendly to you from the beginning <laughs> no. and it's, it's a funny thing that Pam said to me one day I was like you know I've been here like eight months and you haven't really spoken to me she's like I'll see if you last first, darling. And then we'll get in touch. I'm like, what? I know. It's. So, I found that really rude.
1: But and I suppose looking at that now, way. because she's seen so many people come and go. Exactly. You do become. I mean, I used to feel really rude to extras because yep. you had so many cast. You yep. used to just <laughs> ignore, ignore the extras. <laughs> I used to come home thinking, God, they must hate. They must think I'm so in love with myself that you just almost ignore them. Because then I remember we got told as directors. There was a new rule that came in that said if they if you spoke to them, they got paid more. Yes. Then it made it even worse. worse. So if they came up to you, you yeah. just had to blank them. I know. Oh, I mean, we had to
0: do scenes with where, where I you know I was working in that minute mark, and someone would buy something, and they just nod and you go, Are you mute? Is everyone mute? <laughs> like, <I'm obsessed>. yes. <laughs> just like, but they're like, No, I can't talk because then they'll have to pay me more. And I'm like, <laughs> So say thank you. Then. Yeah, quickly, What's wrong
1: get it in. <laughs> yeah. Do
0: a whole speech.
1: <laughs> so the, um, so then there's I mean, there's so much we can talk about in. British television you've you've recently just to highlight some things you you were in the Guy Ritchie's remake of Aladdin which I actually watched the other day oh did you yeah with Will Smith I mean obviously it's a lot of special effects and stuff what's Hollywood like
0: it's you know it's a really it's really weird working on Movies with kind of Hollywood people, Hollywood directors. Because I, I went out and did you know pilot season for a couple yes. of years out in LA and worked with Anders Home. And you've done one Bennett like that and stuff. So you've done yeah, lots of no, films, it, but, is, is, but you know, is there a, it's a marked difference? Yes, it's not as friendly.
1: No, that's what, no, because obviously as a director, I think you always have ambitions of going to Hollywood. And I remember an actress saying to me. Like never leave because She said it's the most control you'll have because as a yeah. director in Hollywood, you'll also have the producers, the money makers yeah. who will all be going, no, she should sit down, no, yeah. she should stand up.
0: There are so many people telling you what to do and everything else is more important than your actual acting. Right. So yes. by the time you actually get onto the set, finally, you've not only been kind of preened to, to death, you've been, you know, uh, told exactly where to stand, what the market is. And have is you and, met anyone is, at
1: that point? Have you no, met no? No.
0: Thus far, only the first AD right. and everyone in the background. And then Guy walks on and then he's, he was lovely in fairness to me and, and luckily he you know, knew me from goodness gracious me, which was a huge bonus.
1: Nice, yeah.
0: And he, and I like the little character and he just kind of went. I suppose the
1: directors, they are just as famous as the actors, I suppose, yeah. in a way. Yeah. I mean, especially like, him, like a, yeah. you know, it's like,
0: and also when you have a crush on someone like that, you're like, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. me, which I did hugely, so I was like, oh my God, this guy is inside of me, ah, oh, was like a 12 year old child. Um, but you know you you have that and then of course he'll come in and then he'll give you know what his take is on it and he wanted me to constantly be on the props and not even look at Aladdin but at the time when we did it because that's not the whole scene in the movie that's half what, right, what the okay, scene was yeah. um, Aladdin had this metal pole on his shoulder with a red dot which is where the monkey was meant to be uh, right. so he said you know refer to the monkey when you throw the dates at him and all of that's been cut sadly um, so there was so much maybe, Remember,
1: maybe you were throwing it to the other side I it was, <laughs>
0: <laughs> me and so you do you do all of this kind of stuff and then uh, like you realize next thing someone's actually said action and you've gone oh what oh god, oh, <laughs> what, god. so what what's going on and, and it's it was terrifying because it's it happens very quickly it's all very we got to get it done. And, and you know, you just know there's a lot of money on yeah, that Yeah, there's set. so much
1: money every yeah. second being spent. And you
0: know that there's some American, you know, 17 producers watching you and yeah. every move. So if you don't do well in this, you'll never work in Hollywood. So the pressure is 10 times worse. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing about my career, though. The one thing that I've never, ever done is said no to a job because it's too small. Yes. For me... When I, when I started, I remember kind of speaking to other actors going, how do you do this? How do you get a job? Because everyone would go, well, you can't get a job without an agent. And yeah. I go, well, how do you get an agent? Oh, you need a job. Yeah, What?
1: What? This yeah, is so yeah.
0: messed up. This is a chicken or the egg. What do yeah. I do? So I just wrote off to everyone. Yeah, hoping you just
1: have to do it all yourself. And I think you always do. You do. Because everything changes agents, so too. quickly. Yeah, now, you know, does. like this we're doing ourselves. Yeah. But so would you, I mean, saying that then, no job's too small, I mean, can you actually imagine a life full time in Hollywood? I mean, so many actors have come back, English actors going, I did it for a while. Actually, it's, you know, it's too much.
0: <laughs> I, w- I was out there for two years. Um, uh, one pilot didn't get picked up. One pilot did get picked up. But when the pilot got picked up, um, I was very, I was not very well actually for a bit. So I had to pull out of that. Out, right. Which was very gutting oh, for me. Bet, really yeah. gutting, because it would have meant... Okay, LA would have just happened to yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I realised actually, especially with the kids, you know, that's the other thing. If you're balancing children, children and a family, and, and yeah, a marriage, yeah. and a career, you've got to do what's best for everyone. And for me, I think falling ill was actually a stress-related thing because I was worried about their education as well. I, I looked at schools out in LA, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, it was, I just didn't think it was right for my kids. No. I just I mean, didn't. LA's a...
1: It's, Weird it's, place. it's a
0: very, if I was single, I'd Amazing. be out there like a
1: yes. shot. Yes, God, yeah. That yeah, would be me, done. Yeah.
0: But as a, a family oriented person, I mean, I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. It's not, this is not the end that way. No. I still am excited about yes, it. Yes, yeah. And I think once they're off at uni, my kids, you know, they're 16 and 13 now. Once they're off at uni, I think I might do that. But having said that, since kind of going, oh, I don't know more Hollywood has come my way in the UK we, yes. than anywhere else well because
1: so many series in there it's not just Hollywood film now you I mean, can work anywhere you want who would have thought Julia Roberts would do a series years exactly. ago you know like exactly. the, the world is constantly changing in our it industry is.
0: so now I know for a fact that I can I, I have an American agent I have a British agent I can work from I mean, and here that sounds
1: so fancy just saying it, that. no but <laughs>
0: but, uh, but I worked hard for that believe yeah, me yeah I, I, I bet you did the meetings you go for <laughs> with Hollywood, Hollywood agencies, agents are
1: oh, so
0: different to the UK so very briefly Years scenario, you go to Hollywood meetings. Did I'm you like, meet any?
1: Sorry, are? like Joey's agent in Friends. Do you remember her?
0: Yes. Very, oh my god, did I ever? <laughs> really? And one was she was like, "Oh, you do great in porn." I'm like, "I'm not oh my here for she, Your <laughs> tits are fabulous. I'm like, "What? No, what have I come?" To?
1: Oh my god, but, amazing! No,
0: I did. Then also meet very very good agents, and and but every meeting was. Oh, we love your CV. Oh my god, you're so talented. Oh my god, you know, you've you're, got amazing. This, you're yeah. amazing. You've got this behind you. You can do comedy, you can do drama. Oh my god, we'd kill to have you. And every meeting, <laughs> We're cut every to. meeting, <laughs> cut to the opposite in the UK, where you walk into meetings and go.
1: Uh, <laughs> is this all you've yeah, done? What, what,
0: what is it? What's it? Who do who? You went to theatre Royal Stratford East oh so not theatre on the West End. Then
1: okay, fine.
0: You know, like, you go, I, I've been here thirty years. I just still look at my CV. Oh, like,
1: you had a break for a year. Yeah. yeah. Oh. What did you do
0: then? Oh, well, I had a child. Yes. Oh, oh. you didn't go back oh, to work you, in oh, six you've got weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so. Entirely different. Yeah. But the American the the agent I finally signed with I love and they're very proactive and all kinds of things. But when you know, like, when I made this decision, of course they were a bit upset with me, to say the least. um But I had to do what was right for me. Yeah. But I also had to go out and try, and I also had to kind of enjoy that experience. I think in this sighted. industry,
1: everything happens for a reason. I really do yeah. believe that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. jobs, you know, for me as well, two, there's never ever a time that two jobs don't come up at the same time, no. and no. then you have months off. Always, <laughs> Always. happens,
0: and it's so gutting. so hard,
1: and it's so hard to yeah. decide. It really is. But, but you, I think your gut normally just instantly tells you. The, it does,
0: but you, I think the other thing I've also trusted, because I've trusted my gut more and more, I tend to only do something for as long as I want to do it. I mean, leaving EastEnders was one of the hardest decisions Because it could have been a job made. for life, couldn't it? It could have, and it still can be. The nice respect that they gave me was yeah, they said, you we're not going to kill you off. Because I asked to be killed off. I said, because I thought I'd get a massive storyline if I get killed off, which I would have, but it would have meant I couldn't go back in. Never. Yeah, So they said, no, we're not going to do that. We want to leave the door open for because she's a great character. So I thought, well, that's respect shown yes, back to great. my yeah. hard work, yeah. which is very nice. Which of they that. don't
1: do for everyone, so that no, is totally respect. It was huge. You. Yeah.
0: So I, once I left that, I suddenly had this freedom to kind of go. Do you know what? I'm just going to try anything now. Yes. So now I've done that. I'm going to try. I'll go for some. Dramas, I'll go up for whatever. And he you did know, it and it's been interesting because Still Open All Hours sort of came back. We had a goodness gracious me reunion again. Which we
1: will quickly talk about actually while you're on it. Because yes. is that I mean a totally different kind of kind of comedy, isn't it? Because yes. it's going back to Entirely like the original. Does yes. it still work? I mean it does, it's got it the does. audience. It is does it, it, is it strange going. Into something that very is, I think, unique nowadays. There aren't many sitcoms are. like that.
0: Well, it's very iconic because I mean I watched Open All Hours. Oh, I yeah. sat I mean, and I yeah. watched it. And I remember thinking, how do I make a character like Mrs. Hussein fix it, fit into that uh, world? Yes. Because that was the idea. They were updating it. So it was not done. It was still there, it's still in the original shop. It's yes. still film there. But of course, you know, there is a Muslim community out there, and you just kind of go. But I don't want to stand out in a really negative way. No,
1: and especially that it was filmed and the style of it was very much the exactly. same as what it was because, like we said, two point four children. Yeah. yeah. Would that work no. now? No. Probably not. No. But that has that has,
0: and and it was interesting. So when I when the character was written, she was written as a one off for the Christmas special. She was literally like two lines in the Christmas special, and I remember meeting Roy Clark and thinking legend of a writer I, I was like this just bowing down to him i think he's oh, amazing he's keeping up appearances as well isn't he I'm, yes yeah, yes, yeah he's I'm
1: incredible. incredible and yeah.
0: how he just keeps coming up with more and more, more and he said to me he goes don't worry about the character like don't worry about what she looks like or this or that he said she's a gossip and i thought oh my gosh i just went against my own rule you know he just tell me about the character and the yes. character is she's a gossip so I thought, okay. So then, you know, I just need to make a really quirky and slightly odd and weird, and <laughs> and just about what's going on yeah, in the street. T- yeah. So I did it like that. Next thing I knew, they said, "Would you like to be in the series?" Amazing. And I thought, I'm so blessed that they saw what I was trying to do. So that was very exciting because then that happened, and then off the back of that, like there was um, just a oh my god, I can't remember. Oh, Death in Paradise. Yes. Oh, came along. A
1: where you get to go to. The- who says no
0: to that <laughs> yes. but I was oh, you know the, about five years ago they came for me when it was Chris Marshall doing it and it was a storyline about like I think a hen do with some, a bunch of girls going out and I couldn't do it oh. I was doing something else at the time so I was like oh no I've got it I can't was it, do found- it it's filmed in Guadalupe.
1: Guadalupe. and I remember the beginning of the series. There was a big complaint about the sound that looked yeah. hear The sound I just thought was that because everyone was just constantly drunk.
0: But yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I mean, you cannot do a show like that and not drink rum from ten o'clock in the morning ten o'clock exactly. at night. It's a, it's a beautiful I setting. Bet. I mean, oh, genuinely, is yeah. paradise. It is paradise, and. And, you know, I got so lucky that I get a storyline with one of my comic heroes who is Arlo Hanlon. I was like, Oh,
1: amazing. I said, I'm sort of playing wow. his
0: love. I'm like, yes. yes that's real. brilliant. It was just incredible. I just thought this couldn't be a nicer job. In fact, I remember my agent going, hey, you remember you couldn't do Death in Paradise last time? I went, yes. Yeah, thanks for reminding and me. And she went, well, I'm I'm doing it. Oh, no, what no, no, it? Yeah, yeah. I don't care what the part is, I'm doing it. Yeah. Because every actor does it, is so smug about it. They're like... Oh, oh no, they so are funny. everywhere. And
1: directs, I like, know directs. Yes. Uh, I'm just going back for the next season. I know, of it's yeah. oh, so blah. like...
0: <laughs> it's a stunning location. I and mean, you've
1: also done Bollywood.
0: Oh, yes. Haven't you?
1: Now, I've had a friend, tell <laughs> me this, I had a friend, she's Australian, and she, her name's Tanya, she got cast in a couple, actually, in the, and yes. she always, she played the kind of the white... Yes. Girl, we came in to yeah. mess things up. Yeah. But she got paid like in brown envelopes. Yes. Cash. Yeah. And basically it was... I mean, we don't realise over here, I think, yeah. how big that is. When she was over there, she'd have whole floors of the hotel yeah. taken over for her.
0: You are treated like a god. I mean, it is a different It is a totally different entity. Different but look, I come from Bombay. Yeah, so, so you were used... To- for me, I kind of looked at it... As, they, Bollywood have been asking me to do stuff for them for a very long time.
1: Yeah.
0: I... Never had an interest in it because for me Bollywood film is panto, okay? It, it's panto. It's it's singing, dancing, whatever, and they take they take certain things very seriously that I laugh at. Right,
1: so <laughs> yes, I just can't do it.
0: Yeah, I can't take it to it. But but the part the part was really cool, and this part and to work not only with Akshay Kumar in Namaste London, and it, yeah. not only with Akshay Kumar is a massive legend, but. I played Rishi Kapoor of the Kapoor dynasty's wife. Now, the weird thing is, I'm pla- my son-in-law, Akshay, is two years older than me, okay? <laughs> so I had to like really age up. Also, I found out I was pregnant with my second child oh, right. in real life when I was doing the film. So I had all these different things going on, but... What I, I there were great things about it, but there were also things where I thought, nah, I can't, can't do this again." Do it, yeah. And what it was, it was one particular moment, which may not mean much to a lot of people, but it, to me, it was just, "I can't believe this just happened." I'm standing on set, and uh, there was uh, their equivalent. I always say the equivalent of a first because you actually don't know who's running the show. <laughs>
1: right, <okay>. You have
0: <laughs> random people come and talk to the person next to you to tell you what to do because they're a man, and you go. Huh? Go, oh, wait, we're not going to talk to you because you're, you know, we can't talk directly to you. You're the woman. What? <laughs> what's going on? And, and I don't know if they're joking. I don't know if it's real. I don't know what's happening. I wasn't given a trailer because I'm a British actress. Wow! So and I'm one of the four. And leads. Is it the
1: same production values of say a Hollywood film? Is it huge? I mean, is it? It is,
0: but it's you know, if your call is seven a.m., sometimes the actor turns up at eleven right, thirty. Okay. There's no consistency, right. and sometimes the director might go. Actually, you know what? I don't feel like doing this scene today. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. so it's chaos. chaos it's totally right, okay, but I was okay. expecting that, yeah. and that's fine. And you get dubbed whether you oh, really the sound man is the most pointless man in Bollywood because nobody cares. he Sometimes he hasn't even pressed record. <laughs> I feel like it's okay with dubbing it anyway. Maybe
1: he did Death in Paradise, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: did. But you're just going to it works in its own. we call it Bollywood time. But there's one moment this guy comes up, and you know, I, I did the kind of I had a little kind of fun, funny comedy moment. And uh, you know, people laughed on set and then we kind of did the actual recording and I said, Oh, can I watch it back in the rush? I just I want to see if the timing worked. And he went, Why? We'll just put the doing. I said, I beg your pardon. Because <laughs> well, you it was a comedy line, you know, you you have to put the doing. I said, What's the doing? And he goes, You've not seen Bollywood films? You know when you someone the comedy character the comes, they do
1: effect. the oh. they
0: actually put a doing oh in He goes, and then he says, otherwise, how will you know if it's funny? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's why I don't do Bollywood.
1: That's in- I mean that's insane.
0: It is. Crazy. It's an entirely different world. But huge. It's, it's huge, but it's not for me. I I struggled. Were with...
1: you paid in a brown... Like paper. Well, yeah. I was. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You get. Oh, it's it's and it's random as well. You know, they'll sometimes go. Okay, you can hang out at your hotel till then. Or okay, come at this time. Or. Or, like I said, you know, you don't get a trailer because you're considered a British woman, actress, Indian from from the UK. So, you're not treated like the main Bollywood people. And it's just, it's wrong. Whereas, you do a Hollywood film, you still get, even if it's a small part, you get treated really nicely. Yes, yeah. Talent, I
1: think, is still... Talent is talent at the end of the day. They
0: respect you, whether it's one line or whether it's it's, either five scenes. They respect you. Whereas, I just found in this, I was just not treated in in a really proper in but, a way. But that then, you would... Is that because also there was a lot of misogyny going on? You know, because that's India for you anyway, yes. generally. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not a quiet woman, you know me. No, like, yeah, yeah. If I'm not spoken to with Enough respect. I will say, yes. you know, you, who do you think you're talking to? I'm not a piece of shit on the road. Yeah. You will talk to me with respect, and they just look really. I happy. love the idea
1: of something here. someone's saying to you, "Well, obviously, that will have the toy." <laughs> I would love. That's the
0: best I, would I know. Love how to how do, however, do, however,
1: do you know if a it's bully. funny?
0: I, what I want to do, a Bollywood,
1: yeah. Oh, I, we should do it. Like, oh, what we are should. Doing, like, we come should. on, let's do
0: it. Let's do. Like there a, is
1: room for that, you know. Like a I'm really serious. Big,
0: I mean, I'm up for it. I'll write it. Yes.
1: I'll freaking oh, wait, write right, it Right, you've heard it here. Okay, that, that would be amazing. I'll do it. i did. And one story that I remember with us that we have to mention is, do you remember we did uh, the children in need thing with, East, with Coronation Street? With the... Uh, me with the bumper. You had an Street? Asian off oh. uh, with Chauvner. Uh, do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a brilliant scene I think it was written by, was it written by John and Harvey I can't remember it was a uh, brilliant no, scene with was with
0: Sarah, uh,
1: you had a Sue Cleaver one about Sue gays Cleaver.
0: that's right yes yeah, I did which was brilliant. I did and
1: just as we got there because you were in the boot of the car I remember which oh, was your yes. idea yeah, yeah. that Johnny had that's put you in the boot of oh, the car
0: genius do you remember
1: yeah. that do you remember what feeling because I remember then afterwards I remember actually all the EastEnders <laughs> cars were going what are their dressing rooms like? Yeah, Do you remember? I mean, they were gorgeous. They were, and I honestly, know, you were in a porter cabin weren't I you? I know,
0: we always in a porter cabin <laughs> I, I think the
1: to... biggest mistake they made was letting EastEnders cast go to Coronation <laughs> they, Street at that they time. They should have done
0: that. They should have sent them to us. <laughs> yeah. And then they maybe could have campaigned for better rooms for us. Well, but... they did
1: send them to us, actually. And I remember it was... Jeff, you weren't... Because you came up there and then yeah. I did the day at EastEnders when... Yeah. Bev Callard, who played Liz, came with Jesse, and it was going Kim and it was quite yeah because it's, it's quite weird. I mean, for me, it was so bizarre seeing soap legends together. Well,
0: the first time we I did a soap awards, I remember like leaving the people you, any anyone on the red carpet when they stop you, they go so is it true about the rivalry between the <laughs> two and I like an idiot you know what well, I joke about everything I oh was like oh god yeah we hate everyone it. <laughs> and next thing I know it's in some sort of magazine Danab says a- the East End. I'm like
1: <laughs> no it's, so- horrible. I know,
0: it's a joke Jeez, they, a lot of them like Shobna, I've known Shobna was in Do You Eat With Your Fingers oh
1: was she yes
0: she was in Do You Eat With Your Fingers and she's a superb <laughs> dancer by the way she's an amazing dancer
1: oh she's really funny
0: and she's very funny She's great sense of humour so there's there's all these like you know like when, when the whole <laughs> Korean this thing happened I thought oh it's a is it a real thing is it not a real thing I don't know I don't take things like that seriously oh, no,
1: I mean I was totally going this is oh, so it's, weird it's
0: ridiculous all that drama they build up about all of this and and at the end of the day actually you don't have a closer friend than another actor in a soap
1: no you just don't and everyone everyone is normal I remember Helen who plays Gail who's been in Coronation Street for years and is yeah. one of those people when you join you're like oh, my yeah. god but she was absolutely petrified coming to EastEnders because yeah. she was like oh my god I'm in Albert Square yeah. that's why I mean it never goes it away is. when you do things no, does it no
0: it doesn't it really doesn't but you
1: still stay new and fresh of course and it does. it's amazing everyday our job yeah so, well, it's been amazing. Oh, no, there's one more thing I want to talk to you about, actually, because there's so much we could talk about. One of the recent things you did was isolation stories with Sheridan Smith.
0: Yes, that's right, yes. And
1: uh, so how do you think, I mean, in the what we've gone through this year, what's the future for your, you know, because uh, as we all know, it's much harder to get a job at the moment. It's very hard. Um, um,
0: I, as soon as the lockdown kind of eased off, uh, I had a couple of self-tapes come in straight away. So I'm actually currently filming... Uh, an ITV drama with Emily Watson called Too Close. So I'm doing that. Um, I was working with Stephen Merchant on his new comedy, The Offenders, when everything stopped dead in March. So that's picking up in December. And I've just auditioned for a new Netflix series, which I'm just waiting to hear if the dates can all work. Because the new problem is going from one job to another you have, you have to, to leave have seven day. yes. days free yeah, yeah. which meant you're that
1: like I've... an Airbnb oh it's horrible that needs cleaning it's horrible
0: I mean <laughs> I, I, I'm doing countdown uh, next week and of course I've had to move that date now it has to be seven days after I finish True Clothes yeah. and like you've said before all jobs come in in, the in buses time
1: yeah. yeah you can't have that luxury
0: tell you just even the rehearsal walking into that place with your mask on
1: I know it's lost its magic saddened, hasn't it yeah.
0: filming is not
1: well as we know it's about the fun and it's about the because that's what makes it kind of it's, come alive, isn't it? And you, standing two metres away from everyone. No.
0: And we're a very, you know, we're a very touchy feeling. industry. Yes. You know, you're always <laughs> hugging someone or sitting on someone's lap or, or is that just me? But yeah. it's, <laughs> it's a very, like, when you bond with someone, there are no filters, no. you know, and, and you know those people that you can bond with and be free with. Yeah. And you can't do that right now because everything is about the, you know, the pandemic. Everything's about don't touch this, wear that, touch this, you wash your hands. You know, I've had these bloody cotton bods... Sh- Shoved up my nose and my throat and checking if I've got COVID right now or not, and it's not a pleasant place. It's become, to be. I
1: think, yeah, clinical and reg- you know regimented, which this cake can't be, can it? Can't,
0: filming can't be. And and what about theatre? What about where's theatre? Like where is the love for theatre right now? And it just it's just I'm so desperate. I know friends who are you know have had to stop in the middle know, of everything, yeah. and and I pray that everybody gets work. I know a lot of my friends are working currently. Well, this in-
1: country theatre is. Part of our, you know, soul. It's a lifeblood it would injustice. be horrendous if theatre went. But yeah. So who knows where it's going? Well, thank you. I'm going to give you a little soap from the box. Aww, so, and the last question you. is, who would you who would you have given that to in EastEnders, character wise, to have washed away their sins?
0: Oh, <laughs> to wash away their sins. I mean,
1: we could talk about the actors, but then we'd be we'd be giving too much
0: away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just yeah. the characters. We'll then. be talking
1: about that <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> no Ah. do you know
0: what I would actually I would give this as a laugh to John Partridge (laughs) the
1: masala queen the masala queen
0: deserves it he's got a lot of masala on his hands at the whole time so (laughs) the soap would come in handy for him
1: well thank you very much Nina no problem lots of love bye Well, that's episode two of Soap from the Box. I really hope you're enjoying it. Nina is literally one of the funniest people I've ever met. I'll be back at the same time next week with another celebrity guest. And once again, all week, I'll be posting clues online as to who it might be that I'm chatting to. Here's your first clue. She had an on-screen romance with our guest from episode one, Shane Ward. And if you haven't listened to that yet, listen to it now. If you think you might know the answer, give me a shout at Soap from the Box on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'd like to thank David Stevens and the Bothy for their edit and technical wizardry. You wouldn't be listening now if it wasn't for him. Rosie Baker-Smith for her social media help and Orla McKibbin for her press help. I'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye.